Wow. <laughs> Everybody's so scared to say it. <laughs> You're like, 2022. <laughs> Let's look forward to that. Well, good morning. I love that video. I love that testimony, that story about um, how Basecamp legitimately transformed a, a life. And I want to just say, if you've never taken Basecamp, it's, it's not just a class. It's not just for new believers. It's an it, it's an experience. It's an encounter with God. It's a spiritual encounter. So I just want to encourage you, if you haven't taken it, please sign up for it. Or if you have taken base camp, um, one of the other classes, obviously we have a lot of classes. And um, just want to encourage you, after, after today's message, I hope that you'll be convinced of the significance and the importance of the Bible. Like Cass said, um, the stories are, are not just stories to entertain or, or even historical, but they're actually intended to transform our lives. So um, I don't know if you know it or not, but um, I am recovering from COVID-19. And uh, thankfully, I didn't have a really severe case. I just have what I call the, the Mack truck effect. It feels like I got hit by a Mack truck still. The way that I described it to someone last week was like, it's like I went on a really long hike and I didn't eat enough and like and I'm just all shaky. So anybody else? Anybody else had it? Yeah, it's weird. I don't recommend it. So <laughs> I also don't recommend the flu. So um, but yeah. So so if I pass out, I apologize in advance. <laughs> so um, this morning I wanted to talk to you about our new series that we're starting. You know, have you ever seen that picture of the iceberg where the the tip, you know when they talk about the tip of the iceberg that's above the water and then the massive iceberg that goes below the surface? It's been compared to our beliefs are at the very very bottom and then our emotions, and then our actions. We are going to be tackling beliefs, basic beliefs of Christianity. And this is not going to be just like this dry series that's going to be just a bunch of information. My prayer is that this would actually transform us, and this would prepare us for the next season that's ahead, that the Lord has for us. How many of you are looking forward to the next season? Yeah, how many of you are done with the last season? <laughs> I know God, I, I just want to say congratulations, you did survive 2020. Give yourself a high five. Yeah, boy, you guys. <laughs> 2020 was, at least for me, uh, probably the most bizarre year of my life. And hopefully uh, that will not be repeated again in the future. But... Our hope is in the name of the Lord. Isn't that right? That's where we put our hope. If you would open up your Bible to Psalm 119, um, we're going to be talking this morning about the question, why the Bible? What's the big deal? Why should we read the Bible? Why is that something that's so strongly recommended? Psalm 119 is basically, it's, it's David um, who is talking about how much he loves God's word, how much he loves God's laws, God's precepts, all the ways of the Lord. And Psalm 119 is actually the longest chapter in the entire Bible, but there is one verse in there that's a pretty well-known verse. 
but it's really significant. This morning, I want to talk about the different things, the different benefits that the Bible provides for us. I'm going to talk about that the Bible provides direction for us. The Bible provides an injection for us. The Bible provides protection for us and perception. So I'm going to talk about those four aspects this morning, but starting with the Bible provides direction for our lives. I know a lot of people think, well, the Bible is so old. How could it possibly apply to my life? I just want to say unequivocally, this is not just another book. When I first started witnessing to my husband, Eric, he, he asked me about that. He's like, what's the big deal? What's the big deal about the Bible? I mean, come on. There's libraries full of books. And I said, the Bible is not like any other book. Even though it's in book form, this is a supernatural book. <laughs> and the thing is, it can apply to every situation. Everything that we need is contained within the Bible. And it's like a gold mine that we can dig for it. And, and it says in Proverbs, it says, whatever you do, whatever you do, get understanding, get wisdom. And this is called the book of wisdom. You know, it's, if you've never read the Bible, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to give a brief overview, but even for those of us who have been reading the Bible for years and years and years, it contains everything that we need. Psalm 119, verse 105 says, your word, which is another name for the Bible, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You know that feeling when you wake up in the middle of the night and it's really dark and maybe you're in an unfamiliar surrounding, like you're staying at someone else's home or um, you're staying in a hotel or you're staying somewhere else and you get up in the middle of the night and you're like stumbling around? I heard a really sad statistic this week. I heard that only 18% of all people who call themselves Christians read the Bible. Now, I want you to know today is not going to be a guilt sesh. I'm not going to try to make anybody feel guilty. I'm not going to try to, you know, guilt you into anything. But I hope that by the end of this message, you will see the benefits and you will hunger and thirst. Because the Bible says, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be filled. And those of us who understand and who actually do read the Bible can attest to the fact that it will sustain you no matter what. And it will be a light to your path. It'll be a light, a lamp to your feet. It's almost like when you wake up, you know, if you, if you drop something like, like, let's say in the middle of the night and you drop something and you're, you know, fumbling around, that's what it's like living life without actually getting into the Bible, without actually understanding and going to the Bible every single day. You know, it's called the bread. It's called, it's our daily bread. And, it, and it, it's something that every single day can sustain you and can fulfill you. There are three ways that you should enter into it. If you've never read the Bible before, um, I, would, I would highly recommend getting a study Bible. If... Um, there's a difference between just reading the Bible and actually studying the Bible. 
Just reading the Bible is good. That's a good thing to do. But like we have all these Bible studies. If you can do it with someone else, I would strongly recommend that. Try to get together with other people who love the Bible. Maybe somebody who's a little more spiritually mature than you that can walk with you and, and help you with that. Because reading the Bible is good, but studying it helps you to really digest it. Um, if you read it in context, you have to understand what is the context? Like, who is this being written to? I mean, you can take, you know, when, when people talk about taking the Bible out of context, I mean, you can find weird verses all over the place. There's lots of weird verses that are in context, they make sense, but out of context, they don't make any sense. Like, for example, um, and Judas went out and took his own life, okay? Or it says, there's a, there's a scripture I just quoted this morning as a joke. In uh, Isaiah 40, it says, you are less than nothing. All of your works are utterly worthless. Well, now, you don't really want to go around saying that to people. Say, well, it's in the Bible. In the context, the historical context, that particular verse actually makes sense. But that is not like a universal thing that God is saying to, to everybody, like you are less than nothing. I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? It's easy to take things out of context, and people do that often to benefit themselves. It's so important to read the entire they call, they call it the whole counsel of God, to read the entire Bible and to understand it. And now, if you're, if you're new to it, I don't recommend starting at the beginning and reading all the way through. That's, um, I, I think that the Lord put Leviticus in there to kind of weed people out. <laughs> um, Leviticus is the book of the law, and there's some very strange things in there um, that you're like, I don't understand how this applies. But in context, the things actually do make sense. But if we read it in the historical context, understanding who's, who's writing it, who are they writing it to, what was going on at the time, what, you know, kind of understanding what's really going on rather than just picking out verses. That's a really scary thing to do. That's a dangerous thing to do. Reading it in context is really important. And then interpreting it, saying, like, what, what is this saying? What is this person trying to communicate? And then the third thing is the application. I call this the CIA. It's the context, reading it in context, and then interpreting it, and then applying it. Because all of the word of God applies somehow to our lives. And, and again, I want to say, if you've never read the Bible or you don't know how to start or it's overwhelming, I would suggest, um, you know, just take an issue. What is the most pressing issue in your life? Let's say you, you're struggling with anger. Or let's say you're struggling with loneliness. Or you're struggling with hopelessness. You can just go to the back of your Bible. I mean, I don't know how many of you read it online or um, have an a app on your mobile phone. But you can just go in and do a search to figure out, what should I be reading right now? And do a study on it. Actually dig into it and read it in context, interpreting what's, what's happening, but then applying it to your life. Does that make sense? There's a difference between studying and reading. I would strongly recommend if you don't have a study Bible, buy a study Bible for yourself. And also read it in different translations. It's a really good idea not to just read one translation. It's 
All of the translations, or most of the translations are pretty good. I wouldn't recommend maybe the revised standard version because I had, I had read that that was um, translated by atheists. So I don't know about that, if I would necessarily recommend it. Sorry if that's what the one you read. But Psalm 119.16 says, I delight in your decrees. Now get this. It says, I will not neglect your word. I will not neglect your word. This is talking about having that passion for the word of God, having that desire. And I want to say this again, and I know I say this a lot, but there is a spiritual battle. There is a spiritual dynamic that, that the enemy wants to keep you from reading the Bible. Amen? The enemy wants to keep you out of the Bible because the enemy knows that that is what will defeat him. And when I talk about the enemy, I'm talking about Satan. And there is a Satan, also known as the devil. Okay, so the Bible can give you direction. The Bible can help you. And again, you don't want to just go in willy-nilly and just like, you know, oh, that verse, turn my eyes from looking at what is worthless. Well, that's probably a good one to, to quote. But you know, sometimes people will do that and they'll, and they'll bank on that. Be careful about doing that. You want to do it? Again, in the whole counsel of God. If something is opposite of something else, that you're sensing from the, from the Holy Spirit, you want to really dig into it and really study it. Okay, so Bible gives you direction. The Bible gives you an injection. This is kind of like the vaccine. This is the vaccine against sin. The Bible says, it says in John 17, Jesus is praying this. He says, sanctify them, which means to be set apart. Sanctify them by your word, for your word is truth. And then in Psalm 119.11, it says... I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You know, when you read the Bible, I mean, sometimes it'll wreck you, to be honest. You know, you read something and you get very convicted. You realize, whoa, I'm not living right or I'm not, you know, I'm not thinking right about certain things. And, and the Bible can be really convicting, which is actually a hopeful thing because, because the next one, it is our protection, the Bible can protect us from ourselves, from lies that we believe, from satanic lies, from lies other people have spoken over us, from curses that have been spoken over us, from the things that we believe that are not true and don't line up with what God says. I always say whenever I argue with God, I'm, I'm the one that's wrong, right? Right? God is true. Let God be true and everyone a liar. God is always right, and his word is always right. But sometimes when we have questions about, like, what does this actually mean? You can dig deeper and find the answers. Dig for it. Like it says in Proverbs, dig for it. As for gold. In Ephesians 6, 17, it says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The Bible is compared to a sword, and, you know, and when I read that 18% that of all Christians actually read the Bible, that means 82% of all believers are going into battle unarmed. Think about this. Back, back when this was written, the sword was the weapon. I'm going to show you what that looks like. 
This is the word of God. This is what it's compared to. Listen to this. Oh, nope. I was going to knight somebody. (laughs) This thing is so heavy. Check this out. The Bible is compared to this. And if you're going to go into battle, wouldn't you rather go into battle with this? I'm going to read you a story from uh, Luke chapter 4. It says, Jesus left the Jordan full of the Holy Spirit. And he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Anybody else in the wilderness right now? Kind of a spiritual wilderness? I know a lot of people have gone through that this year. Just this feeling of just, I don't know what's going on. It's dark. It's hopeless. I don't see the end of this. But it says that the Spirit led him into the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted by Satan. It says he ate nothing during those days, and when they were over, obviously, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, if you're the son of God, tell the stone to become bread. Okay, now think about this. Jesus hasn't eaten for 40 days. He's hungry. He's been fasting for 40 days, and the enemy is like, come on, Jesus, you're the son of God. If you're the son of God, see, he questioned his identity, which is what the devil loves to do with us. He questions our identity. He wants us to question our identity. Does God really love you? And it's like, it says that I am loved. I am precious. I am honored in his sight. It says that he gave his life for me. It says that he gave me an everlasting love. Think about that. Remember the story of David and Goliath? David with the stones? It's like, David didn't win because he was so awesome, because he was so amazing. David won because the Lord gave him what he needed, but wasn't it awesome how he finished the job? Sorry if this is too far, but he took Goliath's sword, which was a notorious sword in Israel. He took it and sliced off Goliath's head. That's what this helps you to do. Slice off the head of your enemy destroy your enemy. Does it seem like I'm angry? (laughs) But think about this. This is the weapon against the schemes of the devil. This is what the weapon is that we use against the lies. When the Lord says, you're not worth anything. You say, you know what? The Lord says, I'm beloved. Okay? Okay, when the enemy says, you know what? You're all alone. No one cares about you. And the Lord says, I will never leave you or forsake you. This is the weapon. And it says here, Jesus answered Satan, man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God. Every what? Every word. See, I want you to get this. I have, I have a goal in this message, is that you would yearn to have the word of God, that you would yearn for the things, the benefits that the word of God provides. Because I'm telling you, you guys, we are living in perilous times. And I'm not trying to be dramatic, but these are perilous times. And we are going to be tempted. And our voices are going to be silenced. But we've got this. This is what will thwart the schemes of the devil. This representing God's word. 
Jesus says, you must not live on bread, but on every word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God. And then it says, so then the enemy took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of this world in a moment of time. And the devil said to Jesus, I will give you their splendor and all authority. Now get this. This is, this is a, another whole message here. But he says, he says, because it's been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want. If you then, now this is, this is the devil telling Jesus. He's saying, if you'll worship me, all this will be yours. And what does Jesus do? Does Jesus do anything but quote the word of God in his own defense? What does he say? He says, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Slice off that head. And so then, Satan took him to Jerusalem, which is, again, another message. And he had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down from here. He's tempting him. See, he's just like on him for 40 solid days. Think about that. 40 solid days he's being tempted. And he's fasting, so he's weak. And, he, and then Jesus says to him, or, or Satan, I'm sorry, it says, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down for here, for it is written. And so Satan's seeing, oh, he's going to use the word of God. He goes, he will give his angels order concerning you to protect you. And they'll support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. So now the enemy is trying to take the word of God and use that against Jesus. Not a good move. Not a good move. So Jesus said to him, do not test the Lord your God. Don't test the Lord your God. And it says, after the devil had finished every temptation, he departed from him for a time. This is the thing that can thwart the devil. You can't do it in your own strength. You cannot fight the enemy with your own thoughts, with your own ideas. And trust me, Satan has been around for a long, long time. And he doesn't know everything, but he knows enough about our character that he knows exactly what will get to us. He knows how to get to us. And that's why we can counter it with the weapons of our warfare, which is the word of God and the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation and the belt of truth. Amen? Do you want to go into your battle unarmed? Because that's what we're doing. That is what we're doing when we go into, we just go about our daily lives just thinking we can figure it all out. We can't. We can't figure it out. And the Bible offers us all of these blessings. These, it, says, it says in Deuteronomy 29, it says the secret things belong to our God, but these other things that he's revealed to us belong to us and to our children. We can have the things that he's revealing to us. I mean, imagine that, imagine that you were in love with someone and they, they were sending you letters, and you never opened them. That would be kind of ridiculous, wouldn't it? 
And, and yet that's what we continually do when our Bibles are laying around. I mean, there are people throughout the world that are dying to have Bibles. There are literally people in other countries that would give anything to have one Bible. I mean, it's convicting to me. I probably have like 30 Bibles, you know? And yet we just day after day walk by it. And again, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm just trying to encourage you that there's so much hope. There's so much comfort. There's so much peace. You know, you can understand the character of God from reading the Bible. And all those things that you think about how God might be, and the Bible can dispel that and say, no, this is the character of God. Hebrews 4.12 says, the word of God is living and effective, sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as a separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. And here's the thing. The Bible is able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. That's the thing. The Bible can be that light that lamp to your feet, the light to your path, and it can also shine in your heart and show you what's really going on. Amen? So the Bible gives us direction. It gives us that injection, that filling with the Holy Spirit. It gives us protection, and it gives us perception. And this is the, this is the area I want to camp on right now because of what is happening in our world right now, in our country right now, and in our nation. I mean, Jesus told us, he said, there will be the increase of wickedness. Are we seeing that now? There's the increase of wickedness. It says even the love, it says the love of most will grow cold and even the very elect will be deceived if that were possible. We're seeing this great falling away. We're seeing people falling away. People we thought would never walk away from God are walking away from God. And, you know, there's, there's a, a situation now. And first of all, I want to just say in 1 John 8 and 9, it says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We are all sinners, every one of us. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. But like that song says, you know what? The Lord knows us, and yet he continues to draw us to himself. He continues to go after us and woo us back to him. And he wants to speak his love letter, the word of God. He wants to speak that into our hearts to guide us, to protect us, to comfort us, to give us direction to infuse us with his Holy Spirit and with his love. And he wants to protect us from the schemes of the devil and from our own flesh, our own fleshly desires. Um, There's a situation right now that's very sad within the body of Christ. Um, I don't know those of you who have ever heard of a man named Ravi Zacharias. Um, he, He is a prolific, he was, he passed away recently, but he was a prolific um, apologist, intellect, 
um, evangelist. And there were some allegations that started to come out concerning him recently. Um, There were some a few years back, but now he's passed on, and now these allegations are coming to the surface. And I know that it's a very sad thing for many people because he was the hero to a lot of believers. He really was. The man was brilliant. He made so much sense. He was so eloquent and powerful. But he was a man. He was a mere man. And so I just want to say, for those of you who might be struggling to know, we can never put our hope in human beings. You know, the Bible says the help of man is worthless. And it says, you know, some trust in horses and some in chariots, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And even Jesus himself, it says, he entrusted himself to no man, for he knew what was in their hearts. You know, even this powerful man of God that so many of us look to was a human being, was a fallen man. But our hope is in the Lord. Our hope is in the Lord all day long. And I'm telling you, I believe with all of my heart, Jesus is coming back soon. You know, he said, no one knows the day nor the hour but he also told us we can read the signs of the weather, that you can, you can kind of sense it. Can you feel it? Do you sense there's something going on that's unique? I just believe that we need to be ready, and this, these, <laughs> this is our salvation. This is the thing that will help Keep us, protect us, direct us, guide us, infuse us. Psalm 53, uh, 56, 3. It says, when I am afraid, I will trust in you, in God whose word I praise. It says, in God I trust and I'm not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Y'all, you know the reality of it is we might come to the point where we're persecuted for our faith. You know, we, we seem to think that somehow because we live in America that that's not gonna happen. That could happen. And I'm not trying to strike fear because our fear, our, our fear when, we, when we are afraid, we trust in the Lord. We trust that he is good and we trust that he knows our needs and that he is going to bless us and protect us and guide us and lead us and show us his favor and give us compassion and all of the things that he has promised that he would do. But Jesus himself said in John 18, 36, 36 he said, my kingdom is not of this world. If you're putting your hope in politics or, or if you're putting your hope in the systems of this world, you will be disappointed because Jesus himself, the one we serve, the one we call God, the one who is the word, he is the one we serve. He 
is the one we look to. We look to his kingdom, and his kingdom is not of this world. You know, you think about what happened in the Capitol last week. What is going on? What is going on in this crazy world? And yet, our hope is in the name of the Lord. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not worldly. The weapons of our warfare are spiritual. And I'm telling you, I'm inviting you to join with the 18% of us who love to read God's word and start arming yourself, knowing the word of God, knowing the Bible and what it says. If you've never read the Bible, I would recommend I love Genesis. I think Genesis is a really important book. That's the foundation. But the Psalms can show you who the character of God is. The book of John is a really good place to start. John was like one of Jesus' besties. And John is a good foundation for understanding who Jesus is. The Proverbs are, they give you wisdom. But I'm just saying, I know that it can be overwhelming to think, like, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know what to do. Maybe get into a good Bible study. Start studying with someone who, who does know, who's maybe a few steps ahead of you. Because Jesus says in Matthew 24, 35, he says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. The word of God is eternal, and the word of God is our protection. Amen? Again, please do not hear me trying to guilt you into anything. I'm trying to entice you into reading the Bible and receiving the blessings that God has for you. And we're going we're gonna to sing one more song, and I just want to say if, if this is an area where you really believe that the Holy Spirit is starting to speak to you, Maybe you are being convicted by the Holy Spirit. But understand, this is your life. This is, this is the life manual. You know? It's like, what, what's the saying? When all else fails, read the manual. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I don't love reading manuals, but this manual I do love reading. It comforts me. It guides me. It convicts me. I'm just, I'm just, my desire is that every single one of us would have that yearning for his word. Amen. And we're going to just sing this song now called I Surrender. We're going to sing it again. And I want you to just really speak to the Lord about this and maybe surrender and just arm yourself and take up the weapon that can thwart the devil, can thwart your own lies, can thwart the lies of this world. Amen? Amen? All right, let's, let's worship. Lord, we surrender to you this morning. God, we thank you. Thank you, thank you that you are good. Lord, we thank you that you gave us the Bible. Lord, forgive us for neglecting it, Lord, and, and give us that hope. Lord, you are a God of hope. And we just invite you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, cause us to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Lord, we ask that you would continue to increase our faith. 
Lord God, that as we read your word, Lord, you would set us free. You would cause us to have clarity of thinking. Lord, you would help to convict us of those things that are bringing death into our lives. Lord, we we ask, God, that, that the word would be the thing that we would yearn for more than anything. Lord, that the word would be the word for 2021. The entire, the whole counsel of God. Lord, that we would seek after you. Lord, you promise that when we seek you with all of our hearts, we will find you. And so, Lord God, that is our desire. That is our goal and our longing and our yearning. Lord, in the name of Jesus. If you're a person, if you have never surrendered to Jesus, if you have never received the forgiveness, you've never trusted Christ, I just urge you today. Come forward and and come and pray with me or pray with the person who brought you. If you're watching online, just, um, you know, call us, connect with somebody, connect with us somehow. We would love to lead you into a relationship with the God of love, the God who cares for you, the God who created you. So if that's you, I just want to invite you to come up and talk to me or talk to someone that brought you. Otherwise, we will see you next week. We're going to continue this series. We're going to be talking about foundational beliefs. So God bless you.